Hi, Martin. Hi, Adam. What have you been up to lately? Well, I've been finding out about shared lives. Shared lives? Oh, it's shared lives week right now, isn't it? So, what's shared lives then? Well, that's what I wanted to know. So I got in touch with Donna Wilson. Do you know Donna? Oh, yeah. Donna works on the shared lives scheme as so choices, doesn't she? That's right. I wanted to find out from Donna what shared lives is. And did you find out? I did. Here's what she said. Shared lives is where ordinary people are opening their homes to offer out for other people to to come and, and share their lives, literally sharing their lives. It could be for myself. It could be for you. Because we might be in hospital, we might need that kind of drop-down support when we came back out of hospital. It literally can be for anybody. We obviously work with people with care and support needs, people with learning disabilities, physical disabilities, mental ill health, early onset dementia, substance misuse. Um, So it's very, very diverse, the group of people that we work with. But shared lives literally can be for anybody. And that is the beauty of it. And some of them have lived with their carers for over 20 years. Other people might come into shared lives and stay with the same carer for for a couple of years, maybe as a stepping stone into more independent living. You work within um, our organisation, but shared lives is not just a sorry choices thing. It's a thing that goes across the country. Is that right? That's right. Uh, Shared Lives is national. Um, I'm the registered manager for the Sorry Choices Shared Lives Scheme. But there are schemes throughout the UK and some of them are run by local authorities, some of them are run um, by charities, some of them are small independent schemes. So it's a very, very big organisation. How is it different from sort of adoption or fostering then? So historically, it was likened to adult fostering. We have tried to move away from that image as such, but in order to help people get their heads around things, There are a lot of similarities. For example, uh, a shared lives carer will go through a process of assessment. Uh, The the assessment process, you know, takes anything between maybe three and six months, similar, similar to foster carers. And then there is a matching process to match them with people that they support. And um, there are some other terms that I've come across, which is like respite and short breaks and supported living. So... Can you tell us about what those different things are, how they're different from each other? Okay, so with within Shared Lives, we offer short breaks for people where someone will come and stay with a carer for, for a certain period of time. Some people come on regular short breaks, so they might come every weekend or they might come one weekend a month, things like that. They can be like literally an overnight stay or it might be a couple of weeks to have a holiday, that kind of thing. So um, with regards to the term respite, That is where one carer provides support for another carer to have a break and have a holiday. Supported living in terms of shared lives isn't the same thing. Generally, the term supported living is where someone's living in maybe a group environment or where care and support goes in to support them in their own independent flats and things, which isn't what shared lives is as such. But that being said, some some people that live in shared lives do live in maybe an annex attached to the house that has their own amenities, um, you know, their own bathroom, their own kitchenette, that kind of thing. We also have additional support, which it's kind of likened to day support where they might spend time with the shared lives carer in the carer's own home, skills building, or that it just might be a kinship, kind of friendship um, and spending time together, um, you know, exploring their communities and, and things like that.
uh, each shared lives carer might do a mix of those. So they might have someone that lives with them a lot on a long-term basis, but they might also provide short breaks to other people throughout the week. We have some, uh, you know, amazing short breaks carers who provide short breaks for a number of people, you know, throughout the month. And it's something that carers get paid for, isn't it? Yes. All the shared lives carers are self-employed and the people that they support, it's worked on a banding system. So the people that we support um, complete a funding tool and that works out the level of care and support that they require. Um, on top of that, there would be um, a charge for food and utilities and a rent element. And the rent element is usually covered by universal credit or housing benefit. And it's obviously quite a big deal for these families, uh, whichever side of it they're on. Um, what happens when um, uh, things don't go so well and you have challenging circumstances and what's the kind of mechanism for for kind of finding out if um, if people are happy where they are and uh, the relationship is the right one? So as a scheme, we work really, really hard on the matching process um, and try and ensure that the people are comfortable with the carer, the carer is comfortable with the person. And in order to do that, we we do things like tea visits and overnight stays. And that side of things is very, very personalised, very individual. So we might have a, a person that might go and visit a shared lives care and say, oh, this is brilliant. I want to stay here. You know, and that's that. We might have somebody else who might take months and months and months to build up that relationship with a carer or might go and stay with a number of carers before they make a decision. So it's very, very individualised and very personal. That reduces the risk of breakdowns in arrangements but that being said you know sometimes breakdowns do happen so if and when a breakdown is happening obviously we do all that we can to support the person we do all that we can to support the carer and that might involve you know additional training that might involve additional visits and monitoring extra support put in it might be that the carer and the and the person need a break from one another so maybe supporting to, to organize some respite but also you know it might be that that the, the relationships come to a natural end and that alternatives have to be looked at. But that is very, very rare. Um, I've been in shared lives uh, three and a half years and I've only twice, I think, seen seen a breakdown in, in a, an arrangement. Okay. Uh, and finally, have you found it a rewarding job? I absolutely love it. I've worked in lots and lots of different fields within health and social care over the years. And I my heart of hearts can say it's one of the most individualized and personalized services I've ever come across. Uh, the investment our amazing carers have in the people that they support, they become so involved and part of each other's lives that there's such a genuine reason to, to, to want people to achieve. In effect, you're kind of getting care and support on a one-to-one -one level but you're receiving that in the heart of your community where you're naturally building relationships and friendships and, and, you know, and being generally integrated into your community. So it's like the ideal scenario. People are living real lives. Wow. It sounds like it could be a good option for some people. Yeah, that's right. And so to find out more, I met four different families who use shared lives and I asked them what the challenges have been and how their lives have changed. The first was Tina and John, who are 64 and 69. They help care for Lucia, who is now 22. I started by asking Tina how it all began. I was in a traffic jam and I saw this advert for fostering 
and it says phone this number. And I've always thought about doing it. And I, I quickly scribbled the number down and I got home and I, I phoned the number. And then a week later, there was a, a social worker on the doorstep because I'd said, I don't know if you'd want us with an older couple in our 50s and we'd like to look into fostering. So it was all, all quite quickly through the children's services to start with. So we did all our training and then there are different options. So we did respite and short break care for children. And so we met Lucia and um, had slow introductions and she started staying with us for weekends. She was 15, wasn't she? She was 15. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And she got on well. We've got four, when she came, four young adult children. And she loved being with our daughter and meeting our daughter's friends and just enjoying quite a lively household with two dogs and four teenagers. Lucia has cerebral palsy and autism. So it's severe learning. Oh, severe severe learning learning difficulties, yes. And then Lucia had to be transitioned into adult services. And there were so many changes that we thought we'd like to carry on with her. So we then had to do a couple of days training with shared lives people so that we could continue with her. She's part of the family by then, really, isn't she? Oh, yeah, yeah, she yeah, is. Yeah, yeah. She's yeah. met all our relatives and she knows our friends and mm. she knows my mum, who's in her 90s. And Lucia likes to dance and um, what's it when they jump up and down? Pogoing. Oh, yeah. Uh, she likes <laughs> to encourage, she tries to get my mum to do it in her 90s. She oh, gets dear. excited. Um, <laughs> yeah. She gets very excited. <laughs> so this has been uh, sort of a seven year kind of experience for you it has it's quite different to anything you've ever done in the past oh we've never done anything like this I'm a I was an occupational therapist I'm now retired and John's a mental health nurse but I always I've always wanted to do something like this but never sort of got round to organizing it so we still do have children from children's services but Lucia is our oldest one Ah, okay. So how big is the team altogether with Lucia and and you've got other younger ones as well? They just come for respite care as well, weekends. We have them one at a time. We call it short breaks now. So short we don't breaks. call it respite. For yeah, it's short breaks. short breaks. She lives with her mum and she comes to us if mum wants some weekends off or now we're retired, we can do a midweek as well. It's just to give mum a break so she can get on with other things. And how do you think Lucia has found the experience for her own kind of emotional well-being and other things like that? She gets very excited. She loves coming to us. When we first met Lucia, she was scared of dogs. And we had two dogs and she loves walking. So she would go out with John and walk the dogs. And one evening we couldn't find our dog Barney. And I looked in Lucia's room and there he was tucked up in bed with her. So she loves dogs now. So she has new experiences with us, just different things. Yeah. So where do you see it going in the future? Her mum's looking into long term for her, you know, to leave home and live with young adults her own age. So there's a lot of changes ahead for her anyway. So would you recommend a scheme like this to other people? I have done. I have tried to recruit people, but they're like we were in the early days. You all say you want to do it, but... You just need that little kick up the backside, really, to make the phone call. I mean, when people have met Lucia, and because we're out and about with her, and if we're invited anywhere, she comes with us. And they all say, oh, aren't you wonderful? I wish we could do that. And I keep saying, well, you can. Anyone could do it. 
It's people just don't get round to it. Was it um, easier than you thought it would be or harder than you thought it would be? I mean, she, she was, she's one of our easier ones, you know, in the sense, you know, it is about developing a relationship, really. And with, with her, it's been easier. With, with the other ones, you know, they, they had more challenging problems, if you like, behavioural and, um, and, and physical problems. She is quite a good match for our family. Our children are all a bit older than her. She's so funny at mealtimes that she makes everyone laugh and they're all very fond of her. Mm. Um, she came to our daughter's wedding last year. You know, she is a big part of the family, really. She does have a, sense of, a good sense of humour and, and a sense of mischief because we've got three boys and she'll talk to one with the name of another one. So she deliberately gets their names wrong. She deliberately gets the names wrong. Oh, really? Wrong. So she's quite mischievous. Okay. Thank you for telling us about Lucia and uh, your experience in the scheme and everything. I really appreciate your time. Thank you, Adam. Thanks right. very much. Have a nice weekend. And you. you. Yep. Bye. Bye. I hope Tina's mum's pogoing is going well. That can't be easy when you're in your 90s. Well, you're never too old to start something new. Isn't that what they say? Yeah. Okay, well, that was Tina and John, who do the short break scheme with Lucia. And next I met Shannon, and she's 23, and Kuldip, who is 63. How are you doing today? Yeah, we are good. I'm wondering if you can tell me your story about how you met each other. Oh, yeah, I met her through my old social worker when I used to live in a supported living, and they obviously introduced me to called it see if I like shared lives. How long ago was that? Two years ago. Two years ago. That's quite a long time. Yeah. How often are you together, you and Cooldip? Pretty much every day, apart from the weekend, because I go out with my boyfriend. Okay. So you stay in the same house? Yeah. You have your own room? Yeah. What do you like to do together? We just go out shopping, doing like food shopping, or we go out for the day together. All right. So, Cooldip. Can I ask you a question? Yeah, sure. So how did you get involved in this? Is it something you've done before or is it kind of a new thing for you? Well, now I used to do fostering in 94 when I moved to Surrey. So I've done that. And then like back in 2011, I had my grandkids moved with me. And I was always interested in like looking after adults with mental health, learning disabilities and all that. So then in 2014, I joined Shared Life. Is it just the two of you in the household or is there other people in the family? I've got my grandkids, three of them. They're like 13, 15 and 16. And we got another elderly lady living with us. She's six, She just turned 67 yesterday and she's been with us almost a year now. And we could probably have somebody else living with us sometime we'll have. Mm. And uh, Kuldip, what do you like to do together with Shannon? Mm, we like cooking. We cook together, like especially late night, like 10 o'clock. We are both feeling a little bit hungry. We might make some noodles and all that. Like we cook together, we do shopping. I mean, once a week, we always go shopping together, don't we? Yeah. yeah. Food shopping and all that. Drive whenever I'm going somewhere. Shannon's always really good instructor aren't you <laughs> so we'll always like to go for drives together all sorts of stuff 
maybe twice a year we'll go to the beach. That's Shannon really enjoys, don't you? Yeah. And during the day, like we do everything together, don't we? we when it's a washing day, we do washing together, we do cook together, almost. Yeah. And then we just sit and chat outside while she's smoking. Do you feel like your lives have changed a lot since you've met? Yeah, we are like, uh, she's the best thing ever. Oh. <laughs> we never argue. Two years, we never ever have a single argument. And even when we were first introduced, it was almost like, you know, they asked her, do you want to move in? And she said, I can't wait. And then they asked me and I said, I can't wait. So it's ever since, it doesn't feel like two years, does it? Yeah. It's just like, we. I don't know, we just naturally, we just really get on together really well. Would you recommend this kind of thing for other families? Yeah. Why do you think it's a good idea? Because it does change people for the better life. Before I moved in here, I really did not like support living because there were too many things that's happened in there. Yeah. So life is kind of comfortable now, more comfortable with cool dip. Yeah. Since I've been in this place, in this, it has helped me a lot and being more independent. Cool dip, has it been easier or harder than you thought it would be? With her, no, it's really easy. I mean, it depends on individual placements and all that, you know. I mean, she's doing well because I think she's got so many good qualities and everything. But no, it's really easy because the support is there, yeah? So say you have problems or Shannon has certain issues, this and that, you know, they'll access the therapy for them, counselling, this, that, yeah? Shared life is available 24-7 and the matching process is really good. So initially you meet and then like afterwards you have like five, six weeks period where you can get to know each other to see whether you get on or you don't get on and everything. And then the support plan, that's really good because, you know, say everybody's support needs are different. So that really helps. Yeah. So rather than overwhelming somebody with something, it's just individual needs. I mean, I feel when I was fostering and now, I mean, it's really different support altogether. So you're not just left there on your own and all that. And even if when you have issues, you know, we can we'll have placement meetings and all that. We can sort it out. But luckily with me and myself and Shannon, we just sort it out amongst ourselves. I mean, we don't have kind of issues and all that, you know. And she don't even need to even tell me when if she's upset or something, I can just look at her and I can tell she's upset about something mm. and we'll just talk it through. So yeah, it's really good. So final question, what's your plans for the future? Well, my plans for the future is to be more independent on my own. And how about you, Kuldip? I'll just carry on doing what I'm doing. I mean, for Shannon, like, you know, she's got a special place in my heart. My home is just, you know, she's more like a granddaughter to me now, but she was not a placement. So as long as she needs me, I'll always be there for her, you know. And even when she moves out, you know, this is going to be her home. Yeah, she mm -hmm. can come back. Yeah, till she's ready to fly and go out in the big wide world you know she can be here with me <laughs> it's very kind of you to talk to us it's all right really appreciate it and i wish you both the best of luck thank you thank you thank all right bye bye, -bye. 
Uncoded feels like grandma to Shannon. That's so sweet. Yeah, they're actually, um, they seem to be very good together. Oh, cool, cool. And next I met Robert, who is 56, and he lives with Francesco, who's 45, and his partner. I'm afraid the sound quality isn't great for this one, so bear with us, because they have a great story. So who am I talking to? I'm Robert. I'm Francesco. I'm his carer. Thanks for talking to me. That's all right. <laughs> so I'm, I'm wondering, how did you meet? Uh, when was that? Um, I went through their lives from social services. I wanted a break from my sister. And they finding out where I can go for respite. And they said they got one by the Ephraim Airport. And then I came here and enjoyed it, went back home. I said to my sister, I want to come back because I liked it so much. And I started on the 29th of August. Ah, 2020. Are you living together? Yeah, you live together all the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Who else is in the household? Uh, It's myself, my partner, and Robert, and two cats. And two cats. (laughs) Cool. And um, you were living with your sister before this, yeah? Yeah. Recently, my sister moved into me to look after me for a while. And then my sister said, right, we'd see about share lives. Why do you think this setup works better for you? I wanted to be more independent. And I know I suffer with epilepsy. I can't do a lot on my own, like having a shower. Somebody's got to be in the house. I can do everything else myself. I can cook, but I've got to be supervised. What do you guys like doing together? For like, do you have hobbies? Well, we do go out a lot. We do go to the theater a lot. We do lots of uh, activities. We go to theme parks. It's been to Italy twice. We've been to the theater last week. We got tickets booked for um, late one of the next months. He doesn't know yet. He's standing up now. <laughs> Was there anything at the theater you particularly in- you liked? I like musical. Which show did you like most? Um, Tina Turner. Musical. Tina Turner. Yeah, and a lot of people reviewed it. And they said, it's so good, but we had an electrical fault on um, the mic. And so we had a nice thing. Don't say always this electrical fault. <laughs> it was only one minute. The, the mic was not working. Yeah. But that's what stayed in his mind now. That for one minute, the microphone was not working. It was so good. Yeah. You were dancing. Yeah. What's the one that you have, you've planned to go to? Hopefully one day we can do this in the Latin Paris, because that's what he wants to do. We've done all the theme parks around here. Do you like going yeah. on the rides, Robert? Yeah, I like doing high rides. I don't. You don't. I like, you know, the one that goes up really high um, and it drops. Yes. I like doing that. Okay. You're braver than me. Yeah. I went to Hawkins Park with main cat, um, I always go around on my own. I went on it twice. I don't feel any sickness. Really? Yeah. Francesco, is this a new thing for you in 
or have you done these kind of um, placements before? No, we uh, we applied for it in, in uh, 2017 because my partner's sister, she's been a carrier for many years. That's where we get the idea from. But then everything went quiet. Nothing held for a couple of years. And then uh, yeah, suddenly one day they called me. It was a Tuesday afternoon and they said, uh, we have a client, are you available? And uh, two days later, it was it. Just took the risk, you know, the gamble. So we just said, yeah, you know. So it came just at the right time because yeah, myself and my partner, we both work at the airport. And during pandemic, we didn't know what was going to happen with our jobs. So, you know, we just bought a house a few years ago and we were mortgage and everything. So we said, uh, when it came, we said, wow, it's God sending him at the right time. Right. What you mean in terms of the financial side as well? Yeah, because, you know, it's something we always wanted to do. And he probably if he came at a different time when we were both busy working, might have like second thought, you know, like saying, can we do it? You know, but because he came when we were both at home quiet, so we had the time to get used to him. You know, he had the time to get used to us, to find the balance. And uh, yeah, I think he came just at the right time in every sense. You know, he's really quiet. He's really, he's really polite. He's got manners. You know, he's, he's just the perfect person to share the house with. And we get on, so that's the main thing. You know, we got our days where we argue on things as well. No way. Yeah. <laughs> but I think that's normal. That's yeah, normal. Mm. So would you recommend this kind of scheme uh, for other people? You think it's a good one? Um, to be honest with you, it's a life-changing experience because, like, I used to be free to, to do everything. Like, you know, I, I could take, like, a week off from work and go back home to see my family. Now everything has to be planned. But at the end of the day, it's a very good experience because, I mean, I used to take everything for granted. Now, since I'm with Robert, I appreciate more little things, you know, because I believe Robert, uh, before us, he didn't do much. But now, since he's with us, like so many times we do things. So we went to walk by the beach south of Italy and he saw the sunset. And he said that was the first time he saw the sunset. Really? Because probably, I don't know, when he went on the beach here, probably it was cloudy or something. I don't know why he never seen the sunset. Or like before he used to go to the pantomime, you know. But now with us, we are taking him to the West End. And when he came here, he had the fear from loud music or the, the lights, the, how do you call them, the, the flashing lights. And let's try lights. Yeah. But now we go to the theater, he's not bothered. You know, he doesn't mind the loud music, he doesn't mind the flashing lights. So he, he had so many fears, but now he's, he, he got over them. Yeah, it's, it's nice. It's nice to have him enjoy these simple things, you know, and I enjoy with him. I've been in England now 20 years. I've never been to a team park before. But since Robert is with us, now we've seen all of them. <laughs> and how do you see things going in the future? Do you have any plans? Well, um, at the moment, we are actually looking for a bigger house because um, this one is only two bedrooms and we've got one bathroom. So we are looking for another an extra bedroom, an extra bathroom. So. It looks like we're going to be together for a while. But it's up to him again, you know. <laughs> I told him, I said, if you make me buy a bigger house and then he goes, <laughs> you know. But it looks like we're going to be together for a while. Well, that's great to hear. Thanks both for taking the time to talk to me. That's all right. And I just wish you both the best of luck. Thank you, Rod. Bye. the rest Thanks, of your day. Bye-bye. Bye. Ah. It looks like they are going to be together for a while, doesn't it? Certainly does. And he's been to more theme parks than I have. Do you go to theme parks, Martin? 
Um, sometimes I do, but I, I, I hate roller coasters. I don't like the going outside down bit. It, it, it makes me feel sick. Well, not for Robert. He can take them all. Wow. Finally, David is 25 and he lives with his carers, Shelley and Kevin. So it's David and Shelley and Kevin. Kevin. Oh, hi, Kevin, Kevin. and I together and David lived with us. We're the shared lives carers. How long have you been living together? Since David was six. Yeah. So 2005. Do you remember, David? Do you remember those days back then? How you met? Yeah, I think so. I think it was like respite. And uh, is it something that you've done before, Shelley? Yeah, Kevin and I had worked in um, children's homes. So we were already registered as foster carers, but not in Surrey. So we worked with parents that were struggling, really. So with the background that Kevin and I had, um, David came to us. Nicey. Uh, David, can you tell us at all about your own background? Like, what is it that you think is the reason for coming to live in this kind of scheme? I, came, I think I came into care, by the way, Adam, is because my family up in Scotland, I don't think they could have looked after me that properly, basically. I think that Shelley and Kevin are the perfect option for me because if I lived up in Scotland, I don't know what I'd be doing now. Hmm. Can I just say to Shelley or Kevin, either one, what, what would you say to other people? Would you uh, suggest this kind of um, life to other, other families? Is it something that you find rewarding? Yeah, it is. I mean, to, from, from our situation with David, because we fostered him to start with, it was like a continuation. There's certain kids that get to an age where they don't want to be fostered. Like David knows who his mum and dad is. Unfortunately, his mum and dad have got learning difficulties themselves and couldn't look after him but he was happy with his identity and his Scottish family roots and that. But you do get kids that get to a certain age and they no longer want to be fostered or adopted. And I think the shared lives thing is a good way of, for some kids, especially, so like David's got learning difficulties. If David had a, like some local authorities, in my experience, have found the kids out as soon as they're 17, 18, put them into a semi-independent unit and the kids have struggled. You know, the kids have really struggled. Yes. So um, what are some of the things that you've done over these years together? Have you been on holidays and things like that? Yes, we, we have. We have been on holiday. We have been in Spain. We're in Florida. That was... How old are you now, David? 25. And when you were a teenager, did you go to school? Yes. And how was that? Was that uh, difficult or did you, did you do okay? I think school... The school that I went first was very good, but I think like maths is not my strong point. English is fine, maths need to improve a lot. <laughs> now I'm attending the Adult Learning Centre to l- learn money and time and management and money management to get better at it, to basically work out how much things are. And it's, it's, it's doing good. I'm enjoying it. And what, what's your kind of hobby? Do you, what's your favourite thing to do normally? My hobbies are playing football for Surrey Blues FC. I do performing arts for musical theatre because I love singing and I love musical theatre. And I'm a churchgoer. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And I love opera singing. Are you an opera singer yourself? I, uh, yes. (laughs) Yes, I am. I can sing opera and I love it. 
Really? Oh, that's fantastic. Yeah. I sang for the Surrey, Surrey Choices Staff Awards. I sang for them and they were blown away. <laughs> I sang for a lot of famous people as well. I found I sang for um, Brian Bless's daughter. Really? It was emotional, basically, when I sang that. I am part of a musical theatre group. We do shows and concerts and stuff, and I'm, I'm enjoying it. Don't want it to end, really. Would you like to do that as a job? Yes. That's your yes, dream? Yes, I would, actually. I like to basically do musical theatre a job, like doing shows and stuff and doing all that stuff. Yes, I would, definitely. Anywhere, I don't care where. Are you, are you much of an actor as well as a singer? Yes, I do. I do acting as well. Yeah, I love my acting as well. Can you play any instruments? No, I can't, but I'm learning soon. Oh, yeah? Yeah, I'm learning soon. I've got a guitar upstairs and uh, I wrote a song myself and trying to get become a songwriter myself. Oh, that's great. It's good to hear you've got so many hobbies. <laughs> that's quite a lot to be keeping on with by the sounds of it. Do you, do you sing at the church? I do sing at the church. So oh. I'm part of the worship band. I'm also a welcome team. We welcome into the church and I used to be the tea and coffee guy making tea and coffee. I love making lovely coffee, I do. All right. So what's your plans for the future, David? Where do you see yourself in the next few years? That's a big one. <laughs> I think in the next few years, I, what I'd like to feel like is like basically moving out of the house and having my own flat and basically and getting into the real world, of course. Um, working full time in the musical theatre business, becoming a professional singer and having my own album. Not being rich. I don't need to be rich. Becoming an opera singer and um, earn money, save it all up and stuff and go on holiday and whatever. But what I would do if I became an opera singer, I would actually raise money for Ukraine. That's a good cause. You know, when David got to 18, it was such a panic. We were trying to cram so much into him to enable him to be ready. You know, we were worried that he was going to get put out on the street. He was going to be left vulnerable to predators. And I know that sounds horrible, but they are predators. They work out who is vulnerable, who who they can. Um, so once Shared Lives came along and told us, David doesn't have to go anywhere. He's still got time. It was such a relief. Um, like you said, he does all those things that he does, but he does it with the security of coming back here, knowing he's safe. Mm. He does it with the security that if things go wrong, we are his safety net. He is still okay. Um, he does have anxiety. I mean, this last couple of days, Kevin and I have been quite busy and it's taken us away from the home more than what it would have done. Cause so, you know, but even that he's, he's, he's done it, but it's like, is that it now, Shelley? Are you and Kevin back at home now? Are you not going anywhere anymore? No, we're here now. Like we would never leave David overnight because we know he would be anxious where at one time without shared lives, there wouldn't have been that choice. He would have been out on the street. But do you see um, in the coming years, his independence will develop and he may end up living independently? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it will be at a time when he's ready. If it's in the next year, if it's in the next three years. So yeah. when the time comes, it will be when he goes, yeah, right, I'm ready now. And Kevin and I will know. We'll be able to suss. Yeah, he's ready now. We seem to be fixated on chronological age you know at 16 you can do this at 18 you can do that um, so i do think that the shared lives is a good way for local authorities to extend not just foster placement but for certain kids that that aren't ready to move into semin david would be he would be the vulnerable one he doesn't right. smoke he doesn't really drink he's never took drugs 
you know, in fact, it's pretty rare amongst kids in looked after children to find a kid that doesn't have any bad habits, really. David's only bad habit is he talks too much, <laughs> a bit like me. <laughs> That's a great overview of both sides of your experience. So it's, it's really good to talk to you both um, and, and find out where you're coming from. Yeah. I think from our experience, Adam, but we've always found the best results have usually been the ones that's been long-term or a fairly long period of continuity. And even with a social worker, a, long, a long-term social worker that has a, you know, the, the social worker's gone to the wedding 20 years later. I mean, I've been best man at one of my kids, you know, and that's usually where you get the good results, where you've got that commitment. Mm-hmm. I mean, me and Shadi, if we had won the lottery, we wouldn't have just said, take David back, you know, <laughs> take him back now, we've won the lottery. Yeah. <laughs> you, know, you need people that have a commitment. You know, say, well, if I win the lottery, I'm going to still look after this kid till he's ready for independence, you know. Listen, thanks all three of you for chatting to me. It's been really illuminating. All right. Thank you, Adam. Yes. I wish you all the best. Same to you, Adam. All right. Thanks, Adam. Bye for now, then. Thank you. Bye. Bye. So, Adam, what did you learn from meeting these families? Well, what I discovered is that these are huge decisions that families make for the ones they love. It's all about how best to give people independence and find a place where they can thrive, get the care they need. Oh, cool. Yeah, it's not always possible within families, so there's probably a lot of doubt about putting a family member into care. I think so too, yeah. But meeting these people, I see that when they get a good match, it's a situation where everyone is a winner. Like the song from Hot Chocolate, everyone is a winner. <laughs> right, yeah. Everyone's a winner, baby, that's the truth. That's the truth. <laughs> that's right. And I've heard that David is an opera singer. That's pretty cool, isn't it? That's pretty cool, and he's good too. In fact, here he is to play us out. Take it away, David. Thanks for listening to Sorry Voices. Don't forget, like and subscribe wherever you get your podcast. And give us five stars if you can. We are especially grateful this week to the four shared lives families who met Adam, Donna Wilson, who arranged the meetings, and Natasha Hall, who helped with the audio editing. And if you're in Surrey or nearby and interested in becoming a Shared Lives carer, the scheme is always looking to recruit. Please email sharedlives at surreychoices.com or call 01483 806 522. I'm Martin Bell. And I'm Adam Hutchings. Until next time, take care. Bye for now. <laughs> <laughs>